Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome <clears throat> to the Life and Torah of Our Leaders, Tuesday mornings, 11.30, live with First Seder Bismedrish. Special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners who will, Bezaz Hashem, be joining the Shir, the Shiurim, this series, Life and Torah of Our Leaders for Chaydish Elul, has been sponsored by Mr. and Mrs. Binyamin Zweiber in honor of the city of Cleveland Heights, Hakaras Atoiv, to the Rabbeim and the people on their move to the East Coast, to Tom's River, New Jersey, and we wish them a lot of Hatzlacha. As we're continuing to talk about the series on the Paiskim, we've done many of the Paiskim so far, Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, L'chai Adam, Um last week did the, the Prima Gadim, the week before the Magan Avram, and now, if you've been following the Shiurim, we, if you would open up a page of Shulchan Aruch, we have done many of the Noisei Kalim, beginning with the Ramah, the Taz, the Shach, the Bach is not in Shulchan Aruch, but the, the Beragayla. Um, we've done the Chassam Seifer, within the Noi Deb Yehuda, the Machsis HaShekel. And now we move on to the Pischei Tshuva. The Pischei Tshuva also, on the, on, uh, the bottom of Shulchan Aruch, and a very important sefer of the Noise Kalim and Halacha. Who was the Pischei Tshuva? So the Pischei Tshuva's name was Rabbi Avram Tzvi Hersh Eisenstadt. And he was Nifter Gimel Elul, so his yard site was recently, about two weeks ago, in the year Tafresh Chavches. So it's about, this was his 153rd yard site two weeks ago. Now, Rabbi Avram Tzvi Hersh was born in the year, about the year 1812. They don't know exactly when he was born, but we figure it out from something he wrote in the Akadama to his Sefer, as we'll see a little bit later. So it was in about 1812 in the city of Bialystok. Bialystok, one of the big cities in uh, Poland, in uh, what's today um, Eastern Poland, Northeast, Mideast Poland. And he was born in Bialystok. And he writes about his father. He writes in Akdama to the Pischechuva. Harav Hamuflok Bitairu Vayira, the Rav who was Muflog in Tyran Yira, Mareinu Rav Yaakov Eisenstadt, Rav Yaakov Eisenstadt, Nechad Lehagoyin Hachosir Maram Ashtatzal. So we already know Rav Meir Eisenstadt, who was the Ponim Meirois. And the Pischechuva was a uh, great great grandson of his. So he writes, my father was a grandson, he doesn't mean literally a grandson, because it was a number of generations earlier, but he was a descendant of Achosid Maram Ash, the Rameir Eisenstadt Baal Ponemiris, and he was also a descendant of Hagoin Hachorif Hagodol, Meireino Rav Hertz Zatzal, Shoyaav Bezin Zolkova. So, uh, Rav Hertz. Rav Hertz was a mechutin with the Maram Ash. The daughter of Rav Hertz married the son of the Panimei Reis. So, if he's a descendant of that couple, these were his Zaydas. Now, he continues and he writes, to Maram Ash, that the Panimei Reis, who nechad lahagoin Maram Katz, he is a grandson of Rav Meir Katz. Rav Meir Katz, as we know, was Oviv Shalagoin Amifursam Bivsakov Baal Shach Zatzal, the father of the Shach, as we know, that the Panimiris um, was a nephew or a great nephew of the Shach. Schusam Yamili Ad Oilam, he ends off, their Schus should stand for me, Ad Oilam. So that's his father, Rabbi Yaakov Eisenstadt, um, an Enochal of the Panimiris, and Rav Hertz 
um, the Avbezdin of Zalkova. His mother, he writes a little bit later about her, or earlier actually, actually in Nagdama, she was well known in her Midais, and her Tznias. Her name was Maras Rachel, her name was Rachel. Now, in the Hakdama to Pischei Tshuva Yaradeya, he writes about another Zayda of his. And it seems it's a different Zayda than the one we just mentioned. He says, I have in my hands the Shulchan Aruch Yaradeya from my grandfather Avi Imi. So those words mean my mother's father. But then it says Avi Imi Rabbasi. Now, that might mean his grandmother's father, meaning his great-grandfather. I'm not 100% sure. I saw different um, girsois, if he was an enakal or a great-grandson, of Harav Agayna Chosin, Mareinu Rav Naftali Hertz. Again, a very similar name to the first Rav Hertz. But this Rav Naftali Hertz, the Pischei doesn't write this, but in the Sefer Yizkar of Bialystok, they write, Reb Naftali Herz mi Bialystok. He was a person from Bialystok. So it's a different one than the Mechutin of the Maram Ash that we mentioned before. So he says, I have a, a, uh, a Shulchan Aruch from my grandfather, and it's well known to me, his Kedusha, his Taira, and his Tzidkas. Now his father, Rabbi Yaakov Eisenstadt, was from the big businessman in the city of Bialystok, but he also was a Marbitz Teir Barabim. He was Zoich, as they say, he merited to have both tables, the table of Teir and the table of wealth, and he was a Marbitz Teira. Every day he would give a shir on Shulchan Aruch, and in each din in Shulchan Aruch he would show the source of the din in the Gemara, in the Paiskim, in the Rishayinim, in the Achroinim, im charifus ubikios, with a sharpness, with a bikios. That even the big lamdim in Bialystok, again, it was a very chash of a city, Bialystok, and even the big lamdim were very nisbal. They were dumbfounded from his vast pikios and charifos. In the shear he gave, and it says he gave the shear without uh, pay. No one paid him, it was a voluntary shear, and he gave uh, this shear in Bialystok daily. So this was Rabbi Ram Svi Hersh, his son, born in the year 1812. Now, at the age of 15, Rebbe Avram Tzvi got married, and he married a 14-year-old girl. Her name was Yenta Rezel, the daughter of Rebbe Yehuda Leiv HaKoyen from Grodna. Grodna, a very famous city um, in uh, what's now called Belarus, um, western Belarus. It's about, I don't know, 80 kilometers from Bialystok. Sheyagadol of Altstaka, he was a, Agvir Gadol, he was a, he was a very wealthy fellow. He was also big Baltstaka. So that was his father-in-law, Rabbi Yehudalei Bakayin. So he got married at the age 15. His wife was 14. Now she had a store in Bialystok. Even though she was from Grodna, they, they lived in Bialystok um, in the beginning of their marriage in his hometown, probably because he was learning there. And she had a store, a paper store. Paper and uh, pens and, and, and those types of stationery stores, we would call it. Because the... The, uh, there were a lot of government offices in the city of Bialystok. It was a center for the government. I don't know if it was actually the, the, the capital, but it was for sure a central place. There were a lot of government offices, and they needed a stationery store with paper and pens and ink and all that type of stuff. So she had a thriving business there. And uh, Rabbi Avram Tzvi, he learned Taira. Yom Velayla, he would come into the store once a day for an hour just to make sure things are running properly. 
He learned in the Beis Magish of in Bialystok, um, it was called the Beis Magish of Rabbi Chil Neches. I'm not sure who this person was, but it seems to have been a famous Beis Magish. And he learned together with the Gedalim of the city. Rabbi Shmuel Halevi was the author of a, a sefer called Tshuva's Big Day Yesha. Um, not to be mixed up with the Big Day Yesha on the Magan Avram on Shulchan Aruch, the Talmud of the Night of Yehuda, but a different Big Day Yesha. Reb Gershon Chain Taiv, who was the author of a sefer called Mincha Chadasha, these were the Chashuvim in Bialystok at the time, and he learned in the Apis Majish. Now, in the preface to Pisrei Tshuva on Evan Ezer, he writes, from the day that I uh, was able to understand things, I was abhorred um, the desires of this world, things that are a waste of time. I threw them over my, my shoulder. I just desired and I wanted to sit in the shade of Chachma. You hear it's a little bit of a rhyme. And he says, I went in the Dalit Amis of Halacha. His entire desire was to learn Torah. Now in the year 1832 about, um, so again, if he got married at the age of 15, so he got married in about 1827. So about five years later, in 1832, so the government offices moved out of Bialystok, and they actually went to Grudna. Um, so again, it wasn't far from each other, and they moved there, and because of that, the stationery store was no longer uh, able to survive, and they decided to move the store to Grodna. They moved it to Grodna for whatever reason, it wasn't successful there, and because of that, he had to become a Dayan, a Meitz, as they're called, it stands for Meirat Tzedek. He became a Dayan in the city of Grodna. Um, a few years later, in the year 1836, he was offered the Rabbanis in a, a small village, small city called Brestovich. Brestovich is um, on about 60 kilometers east of Bialystok. Um, so it's like a little bit in between Bialystok and Grodna, what would be on today on the western border of Belarus. And in the same year, 1836, Tav Kuf is when he printed his first edition of Pischei Tshuva in Yeridea. He printed it in Vilna. As he writes in the Akdama that he printed in the year MS Kenei. He says, I'm, I, I printed in the year MS Kenei, which is Tav Kuf Tzadivav, if you add it up, and it is um, the year 1836. It's just a very interesting uh, uh, um, historical tidbit that in that year, those years, was the um, the, Tsar, the Russian Tsar's Cantonist decree, where they would snatch children, Jewish children, off the streets and send them to the army for 25 years. And uh, it, was a, it was a very hard skufa for Klai Yisrael. And um, in Shulchan Aruch, in Simon Kufnon Zion, it talks about if, if Goyim asks you to give over a certain Jew or a number of Jews, um, are you allowed to give them over to be killed or, or whatever to be done with them? And, and over there, the Pesachet Tshuva brings down an Eid of Yehuda um, who says that, who talks about it, that you're not allowed to give them over. And the Pesachet Tshuva himself ends off and he writes, It's very hard to paskin in this, uh, in this case. Um, and this is where Chazal would say, just like there's a mitzvah to say something that people will listen to, there's a mitzvah not to say things that people won't listen to. And a smart man should keep quiet. Um, because at that time it was very prevalent that 
rich people would sort of free their own children, and since there was a quota, so a lot of poor people would um, would uh, would their children would be taken, and that's not a very simple thing to save your child at the expense of someone else's child. Um, and he writes, uh, you know, so so it's just interesting. He's writing that because that was going on in that time in the year uh, in that time of 1836. Now he writes in Nakdama to at the same time, he says, The times really rebelled against me. He says, I'm here in Vilna to, be, uh, to take care of the printing of my Sefer. And he says, while I was here in Vilna, that is my mother, like we mentioned before, her name was Rachel. And he says she was Nifter on Yud Beis Cheshvan in the year Yoshuv Lirachem, which is really the same year Tov Kuf Tzadivav. Now, he was in, if he was in Vilna in Cheshvan of Tov Kuf Tzadivav for the printing, but the signature on the preface to the Sefer, which sounds like when he actually fin- finished it, was Yud Beis Tammuz Tov Kuf Tzadivav, which is almost uh, like a, almost a half a year later, more than a half a year later. Um, so I don't know if he was there straight. Uh, Vilna is not so far from, from Grodna. Um, or from Brestovich, that that uh, neighborhood. So I don't know if he went back and forth, but um, this is what happened in the year Tovkov Tzadivov. His mother was Nifter, he became a Rav in Brestovich, and he printed the first Chelek of Pischei Tshuva Yaridea. Now, he writes that Be'emes, um, I really did was planning on pushing off printing the Sefer, until I become a little older, and he says a very interesting lashon. Now come a little older, v'tatzar hashal heves, and the flame in me will be calmed down a little bit. Um, and hagidol v'hatzmicha hamor veves. He almost sounds like that a young person has a natural, uh, you know, feeling of wanting to grow and to produce, but it's not always with the the logic that uh, sometimes I guess it uh, needs to be reined in a bit a bit with maturity. So he says, I was really waiting that I should become a little older, and then things won't be as uh, hot, so to speak, in my heart. And then I'll go through it, and I'll pick out what's proper to actually print. He says, but what happened was, then I changed my mind, because a person can't uh, plan for the future, he says. Who's a person, his days are short, for him to say, I could wait till the future. He says, how does he know how much time a person has left? How much time does he have left? He says, he says, and especially what happened was, he says, I got very sick. I got very sick and very weak. People thought I wouldn't survive. But if, if not, so he says, I really planned on delaying on printing my Sefer. But uh, he says, I got so sick and they gave up on my life that I said, you know what? Baruch Hashem, Hashem and Rachmanis, and I lived. Now I'm going to uh, print the Sefer. So that is when he printed the first Chelek of Pischet Shuva and Yaredea. After, the, towards the end of the year, we'll talk about the Sefer itself. In the city of Brestovich, he conti- continued to write his Pischet Shuva now on Evan Ho'ezer with unbelievable continuous Hasmada, and he got sick again. Now, I don't know if the first time he got sick was from his asmada, but here they bring down clearly it was from his asmada, non-stop learning day and night. And they say a, a, an interesting story, that one time he was laying in bed while he was this very sick, here the second time around, 
And he told his wife to bring a chair because a very chashav, a chacham gadol is coming to visit. So she brought a chair and she was wondering who was coming. She sat in the corner to wait. Nobody showed up. But then she saw her husband was talking to somebody. And she got a little scared. And a few minutes later, he, he lay back down and he told her, don't be afraid. The Tana Rabbi Akiva came to visit Bimavakar Chayla. And he had some good tidings for me. And he said, I'll have a Rufu Shlema and I'll be Zaycha to finish my Sefer on Ebeno Ezer and on Chayshem Mishbat as well. And that's what happened. He had a Rufu Shlema. Now, in that Tkufa, when he was a Rav in Brestovich, we find Chuvas that he had with Rabbi Chil Heller. Rabbi Chil Heller was the, he is the author of the Sefer Amud Ar, a very famous Torah personality. And at that time he was a Rav in a uh, city called Valkovisk, which was about 33 kilometers west of Brestovich. So it was the same neighborhood. And if you look in the Chuvas Amud Ar, Simon Nontes and Simon Sadi Beis, he writes, L'Rebi Avram, Svi, Av Bezdin, Brestovich, Bala Mechaber, Sefer Pischei Tshuva. There are two Tshuvas over there to the Pischei Tshuva, and uh, he calls him the Rav of Brestovich. Um, now, it would seem that he had, the, the Pischei Tshuva had Tshuvas and even Jerashas that he had. Numerous times in Shulchan Aruch, like in Simon Sadi Hay, he writes, Uve Tshuvas Ksav Yad Harachti. In my manuscripts of my Tshuvas, I spoke in length about this. In Simon Kuf Gimel, he writes, Vigam Shali Sagti. Also in my Chuvas, I also asked this question in Simon Kuf Yedzayin as well. Um, in Simon Kuf Pehei, he writes, Uvidrushi Haychachti. In my Jerushas, I proved it. That seems to be the only place he quotes his Jerushas. So from these two, um, these two, uh, these few sources, it seems that he had. Uh, Chuvis, as we see from that he wrote to the Amud Ar, but it seems he had what he called his manuscripts of Chuvis, his Ksavyad, and his Drushas as well, it would seem, were printed down as well. We don't have any of these, just some Chuvis that, you know, you find in other Sfarim, and we, I don't think we have any Drushas from him at all. In the year 1856, uh, Tafresh Tezai, and he became the Rav in a city called Oitian, Otian. Otian is in the middle of Lithuania, so a little bit more north. It's about 64 kilometers northeast of Vilkomir. Vilkomir. Vilkomir was a famous, uh, famous uh, Torah city. Many G'daylem were Rabbanim there. Um, the city Otian is northeast of it. I think that I actually passed through the city without knowing it, because when I looked at the map, I noticed that when I was in Lithuania a few years ago for the second time, so this time I went to Dvinsk in, in uh, Latvia. And on the way back from Dvinsk, going to Vilna or to Kovna, there's one straight highway that passes through numerous cities. It passes through Otyan, it passes through Vilkomir, it passes through the city Yanov. Yanov also a famous city. Um, I didn't realize we passed through Otyan, I even, wouldn't even know what the city was. Vilkomir... I didn't know that we passed through it, although I do know what the city is. Yanov, we did, I did notice, I have pictures of Yanov, um, that we passed through there on the way from, um, from Dvinsk back to Kovna or to Vilna. So I think I did pass through the city. But uh, it's a, it was a small village of, of Jews there, and that's where he finished, in Atyan, he finished his Pischechuva um, his on Ebenezer, and uh, he signs it, uh, the Hakdama, he signs uh, that he finished it in Tafresh Yud Zayin in 1857 in the city of Otian.
If I'm mispronouncing it, I apologize. My Shver Zechreinu Levracha used to correct me on all my mispronunciations of the cities until I would, you know, start asking him before the Shir exactly how to pronounce it. So I do apologize uh, if I'm mispronouncing the name of the city. Um, now, even though he finished it in 1857, and there are those who say he printed it in 1857, it doesn't seem he printed it right away. It doesn't seem like he printed it till 1861, about. Um, number one is because it's interesting, the, the actual first printing of the Sefer does not have a date on the Shablat, so it's not so clear, it's not so clear when he printed it. The only thing is that um, there are some chuvas in there, in parentheses, but and we'll see later about the parentheses, but chuvas from the Chassam Sefer that were printed only in um, 1858 and 1859. Um, and it would seem that the Sefer was ready to be printed in 1857, and then he, as the Chuvas Chassam Sefer came out, he must have added in those Chuvas and then printed uh, the Sefer a few years later. Which is probably why it's in 1861. Um, the, the Haskama that the Ksavi Kabbalah wrote, Ksavi Kabbalah was the Rav in Kenningsburg uh, from the Gedali Yisrael, and he wrote his Haskamas dated Tafresh Chaf Aleph. There's also a letter that the Pischei wrote to the author of the Shalom Eishev, where he's complaining that in Lvov, in Lemberg, they printed the Pischei in Yerodea without Rishus. And that was actually in Tafresh Chafalif. And he writes, he's complaining about that, and he writes, I just now gave in my, my Eben Ezer to be printed. So that's why it would seem that even though the date he signed it is 1857, the actual printing didn't happen till uh, Tafresh Chafalif. Um, he had issues the, with, with the, the Russian government, I think, with the printing, if I remember correctly. So that might have been a reason why um, it took some time to print. Now, um, the Panovich is a city that's nearby there as well, not far from all these cities, Yanov and, and, and Volkomir. And that neighborhood over there is Panovich as well. Panovich was a much bigger city, and the, and the, um, the, the leaders of, the Pan, of Panovich, the Parnasse Hoyer, wanted him to become the Rav of Panovich. Now his salary in Atiyan was 3 rubles a week. Um, in Panovich they offered him 25 rubles a week, so that was quite a, uh, a big offer. However, he didn't want it, he refused it. First they thought it had to do with money, he says, I don't care about money. And he says, he told them that um, they're making a big mistake with him anyways. They think he's a big London. He's a big Lamdan, that's why they want to take him as a Rav, but he's not really a Lamdan, because his whole Sefer is just collecting from other Svarim, from other Tshuva Svarim. So really all his Tyra is like borrowed Tyra. He says to be a Rav in a big city, he can't use borrowed Tyra. For a small city like Atiyan, he says, that, uh, that uh, I'm a big enough Lamdan, I'm big enough Lamdan for such a small city. But they say the true reason why he didn't want to go is because, again, he didn't want the tirdas, all of the distractions of a big city. He wanted to continue writing his Pischei Tshuva, um, Ebenezer, and then continue with Chaysh Mishbat. So he didn't want the big distractions that there are in a big city like Panovich. Now, besides for being a great Goyen, he was a Chacham and he was a Tzaddik. And they used to actually say about him that his Sidkus actually overshadowed his Goyness. Sometimes you have some G'daylum like that, their Tzidkos is so great, you don't even realize what a Goyen they truly are. And um, people came to him for Eitzes and for Brachas, and not only Misnagdim came to him, Chassidim came as well. There was a number of Lubavitcher Chassidim, I guess, who lived in the area over there, 
And uh, they used to come to him, and they once asked the Chassidim, like, why are you going to uh, your, your Chassidim of the Tzemach Tzedek? Why are you not traveling to your Rebbe? Why are you going and, and to the uh, Pizchei Tshuva? So the answer, they said that the Tzemach Tzedek told us, don't bother yourself and spend money coming to me. In Otiyan, you have a Goin and a Tzadik, um, and a Chacham, who's the Pizchei Tshuva, you could go to him instead of coming to me. Um... Now, he also had a, was, was well known for his uh, soft heart. And if an Ani, a poor person, lost the entire in front of him, and from all around they used to come, in the whole neighborhood, the whole region, to come to him for Dine Taira, so he would actually pay the, uh, the cost that the Ani was obligated from his own pocket. And even though he himself was not a rich person, he lived very bedachkos, we said, made three ruble a week, um, he still found, um, you know, found a way to help out the poor people if they lost it in Tyra. Um, there was a point um, in the, the Tsar um, put out an edict and said that even though I guess they were drafting everybody into the army, there was one point you were able to pay a fee, pay a penalty, and then you would get discharged from the army. So he went, so the rich people were able to do it, but what about the poor people? So he went all around collecting in order to help the poor people be able to pay and not have their children go to the Russian army. Many people came to him for smicha, to become Rabbanim, he would be Makar of the young ones, he would teach them, they would stay with him for a long time, they would get Shimush, he would teach them how to be a Rav, he would eventually give them a Bechina, and he would give them Smicha. And very often he would then try to find them a Steller, to find them a, uh, a Jab as a Rav. Um, now, even though many people came to him, and he gave Smicha to a lot of people, he never misjudged a person's character. Meaning there's nobody he gave smicha to who turned out not to be who he claimed to be. A lot of times people came for, you know, would want to become a Rav, but inside they weren't a Yarish Shemayim, and they weren't, didn't have proper Midas. And he was able with his eye to, to, to uh, really pick out and know exactly who was what they call Teichai Kabaroi. His inside is like his outside. If on the outside he's portraying himself as a Rav, and his inside he should be that type of person as well. There was once one story where he realized somebody was not Teichai Kibaroi, and he didn't want to give him a Bechina, and he pushed him off, and the guy was very insistent, didn't get the hint, or maybe he did get the hint and didn't care, and finally told him, you have to give me a Bechina, um, one way or the next, and he gave him Bechina, and he wrote him a, a Smicha. But when he signed, and he wrote him a very flowery Smicha, but when he signed, the year, he wrote, this is the year, V'yiduim L'shivteichem. This is the year of V'yiduim L'shivteichem. When he came to a city, this new Rav, and they saw, they heard him speak, and they were in a spell from him, and they looked at his, his smicha, wow, unbelievable smicha. Then when they got to the year, they added up the year, the year doesn't make sense. If you add up, it was nothing to do, you didn't add up to the year that it was. So till one of the lumdim in the, in the city realized maybe it was a remez. And he looked up Rashi on that Pasuk, so Rashi says on that Pasuk, if someone comes in front of me, my Shabbenu says, and he is cloaked in a talis, I don't know who he is, I don't know what Shevet he comes from, I don't know if he's a proper person. 
but he was telling, my Shabbat was telling the heads of each Shavit, but you know them, you raised him, you, 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 he, he grew up amongst you, so that's why it says, when you judge them, you'll know who's a trickster, who's a Ramai, you'll know the people. So they realize it's a Remes, so they sent a message to the city where this person grew up, and they found out that he really was not a Yari Shemaim, it wasn't Teichik and then they refused to take him as a Rav, and they sent a letter back to the Bitzchei Tshuva, Said Hashem Li Reyav, meaning to say, you were Taka, right? And, uh, and the fact that he, um, he put, a, um, you know, put this Remes in, they were able to realize what he was trying to say. In the year Tafresh Chafalif, he printed his Sefer on Seder Gitin Vakalitza. Um, we'll talk about that when we talk about his Svarim. And in Atiyan, he finished um, the Pischei Tshuva and Chayshe Mishpat, but that was not printed till after he was Nifter. Um, in the year um, Tafresh, in the year Tafresh, uh, Lamed Aleph, uh, 1871. Um, now, I saw somewhere, in one place it says that in the year Tuf, um, in the year uh, Tuf Reish Chavches, which is uh, 1868, um, that he accepted to be a Dayan in Bialystok, in the Bezdin of the Einig Yantif, but he never made it to Bialystok, as we'll see, because he got sick. But other places of his Taldus, I didn't see that, that detail, that he accepted to be a Dayan in Bialystok. Um, I guess the logic might have been that he finished writing his Svar in Pischei Tshuva. Now he could take a more bigger city uh, um, um, a jab. I, I don't know. So in the year Tafresh Chavches, um, so that's uh, 1868, um, he got sick and he was told by his doctors to go to the city of Kenningsburg. Um, and over there, there was a hospital. It was the air was very good over there. It's on the sea. I was able to be there. Now it's called Kaliningrad. Um, and um, there they were they were kabbalim with a covered gadol, and they actually offered him a ksav rabbonus. He should come the rav of Kenningsburg. They hadn't had a rav. The ksav kabbalah had been nifter a few years earlier in 1865, and they hadn't had a rav. And they offered him the ksav rabbonus. I don't know, it doesn't say he actually accepted it, but he was there for a little bit, and he actually made some takanas and kashras. The charedim, the from people, hadn't eaten meat, even on Shabbos for a long time, because they didn't trust the kashras. So he brought mashkichim in, or he, he set up mashkichim, he checked the chalifs, he checked the knives, the shechita knives, he gave bechinas to the shaykhtim, and he fired whoever didn't know the halachas. And he was there all of the summer of 1868, and in Elul, the beginning of Elul, he got his, his, his sickness, became stronger, and he was nifter on the third day of Elul of Tafresh Chavches. He was all of 53 years old. Um, he was buried in Kenningsburg. He's buried in Kenningsburg between the Ksav Kabbalah, on one side, who had been nifter a few years earlier, the Rav of the city, and on the other side was the Berhetev, the Berhetev on Shulchan Aruch, um, which is like a kitzer of the Shach and the Taz. Um, and he had been nifted earlier in 1743. He was buried in between the two, and that's where he's buried in Kenningsburg. Like I said, Kenningsburg today is called Kaliningrad. It was more of a German, Germanic state. It was called Kenningsburg. Kaliningrad is more, it's a Russian uh, province now. And, um, and that's where Bishol Salanter is buried as well. Um, and my Shver's grandmother, the wife of Rabbi Rom Grudzinski, Hashem Yikayim Damoy, um, 
who was Nifter at a young age, is buried in that Beis HaKvaris as well. But that Beis HaKvaris, there is no Kvarim there at all. It had been uh, a Russian military installation. Um, all that's there is the Kever. There's a Matseva for the Kever of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Um, that's it. That they found, uh, it's a whole story how they found the location of that Kever. And, uh, but all the great Gedolim who are buried, Kenningsburg was at Irvein B. Yisrael, there's great Gedolim buried there, the Ksava Kabbal, the Behetev, the Balapardes, the Pischei Tshuva. Um, many Gedolim are buried there, but unfortunately we don't know exactly where their Kfarim, their Kfarim are. Now let's talk about the Sefer Pischei Tshuva. So his, the first Sefer that he printed on Yaradeya, he called it Pischei Tshuva v'Nachalas Tzvi al Yaradeya. Um, he was young, and he says in Akdam of, of Evan Ezer, when he's talking about his Pischei Tshuva Yaradeya, he says, Vim ki hayisi. He says, I was young, Mishnasi kav v'naki shanisi. So there's a, a, you know, a term in Chazal, Mishnasi kav v'naki. Kav means the lashon of a measurement. Kav kuf beiz is a measurement. V'naki, and it's pure and clean. He made a play on words, Mishnasi kav chaf beiz. Um, so which sounds like that he was 22 years old, either when he started writing it, maybe, that's what it means, and therefore it seems that if that's true, according to our Cheshbonus, he printed it, he was 24, in, um, in Tavkov Tzadivov in 1836. Um, if he was younger and he printed it at 22, that means the birthday we had, the, birth, the, the date of his birth was a little different than we thought before. Um, so it would seem that he was 22 years old either when he started it or he was Isaac in it. Now he writes in the preface, what is the point of this Sefer? He says, the Sefer is similar to Shari Tshuva on Arachayim. When you open up Arachayim, there's something called Shari Tshuva, that he says, my relative Rav Mardchai Margolius Av Bezdin of Duvna and his brother Rav Zalman Margolius uh, finished it after his Petira, that basically he gathered all types of chidushim from tshuvas, rishayinim, v'achrayinim, ashalei kaladim zaycheshinim tzayimetzlei. Not everybody has all the tshuvas for him. And therefore the shari tshuva brought them all together um, on Shulchan Aruch. He says, but the shari tshuva only wrote on Arachayim, and then he was nifter, and therefore I decided to write a similar sefer on Yeridea. And I notisi shichmi, and I put down my, I lowered my shoulder to uh, carry this heavy load. Um, after the Hakdama, he has a lift, list of the Svarim that he used. And if you count the list, this is from the first printing, there's 186 Svarim. In Tafresh Yud Beis, when he printed a second time, he added another six to the list. In Tafresh Lamish, another six. So it comes out that's 198. It's, it's about uh, close to 200 Svarim that he used. Again, he was at the age of 24 when he printed the Sefer. So he used 180 some Svarim that he went through to write his Sefer. Bechlal, he was a person who loved Svarim. He had a big library, even though he didn't have a lot of money. But uh, he had a lot of very rare Svarim. He paid a lot of money for them. And in fact, he would also go around in Akdam of Ebenezer. He writes, Zachar Ish Letaiva Kvoid Yadidi Reb Yosef Av Bezdin of, of Zabul Dava, a different place, I don't know where that is. Asher Lesvarim Harbe, he had more Svarim, more than all the Rabbanim Bigvuleinu. And he says, I went and I borrowed Svarim from him. So therefore, Bechalibi Avarcheyu Valadaz Kareya, I'll remember him, you know, forever and I, and I bless him. So not only did he have his own Svarim, he would try to find um, other libraries to, to, to learn from. He also had some manuscripts, like we said before, in the Akdam of Yeridei, he said he has his grandfather or great-grandfather, Shulchan Aruch, and he writes there, 
that I wrote in the in uh, in in Pesachet Shuva, Kamadvar Mishmai, uh, a number of things in his name, Laman Yias Yifsaisev Daivai, so his lips should continue to move. He also writes in Akdama, he says, I was Zoycha to get the Ksav Yad Kaidish of Harava Goin Reb Daniel, who was a Meritzedek in Haradna, which is Gradna. Also, the Sefer Amude Kesef Ksav Yad from my relative Reb Shatzi Katz, Balmeir Nasiv. And because these haven't been printed, their manuscripts, I wanted to be Mazaka the Rabbim, with their words, and therefore he put those in as well into um, his Sefer. Now in Akdama to, uh, to, to Pesachet Tshuva, he sets up some rules, and he says, you'll notice, sometimes I say, I in the Sefer Pliny, just look in that Sefer, and I don't say what he writes there. So you should know there's no real Chiddush over there, and it's just the pilpul of Baalma, just if you want to see some more lambdas. He says, sometimes I say, Ayin B'Sefer Ploini, L'Inyin, this din. And I don't tell you what he says there. You should know that means that the person is misupak. the Sefer is not so clear. Sometimes I write that the, per- the Sefer Kosav. Sometimes I write Pasak. Sometimes I write Hoira. Sometimes I write Mevurasham. These are not random. Each one he says is different. If you're smart, you'll understand. So when you learn Pischei there's a lot of rules in understanding when, what the Lashayinus he uses when he sends you to different places. But then he writes, says, Even though I was Malakit and I gathered in, but I, along the way, uh, there were Chedushim as well. And he says, I didn't, I, I didn't want to put them into the Sefer, because the Sefer is more of gathering Chuvas. So I put them on the side of the page, and I called it Nachalasvi, and that is why the Sefer is called Pischei Tshuva Nachalasvi. Nachalasvi are the Chedushim on the side of, of, um, of Shulchan Aruch. A lot of times in Pischei Tshuva, he'll say, I wrote about it in Nachalasvi. The Sefer has Askamas from all the G'daylum of Lita, um, and one of the askamas is from someone we met already, Rabbi Avram Abli, the Avbezdin of Vilna, who had askama and the Chayadam, and, he had, and the other G'daylam of Lita as well. Now, he signed the Hakdama in Tafkuf Tzadivav, like we said before, but then there's a few lines, he says that in the year Tuf, the year Taira, which is Tuf Reish Yod Aleph, he printed it a second time, and by that time, the Tshuvas Chassam Seifer had come out, as we mentioned, um, and uh, he says that I um, added in chuvas from the Chassam Seifer and other chuvas as well. And um, he writes over there with chuvas and he put them into, into, um, into uh, parentheses there. Yeah, for some reason, when he added them in, he put them into parentheses. Um, and he printed this second, uh, second edition in Tafresh um, Yud Beis. Now, um, I'm just noticing, I said before, that the Chassam Seifer chuvas came out in Tafresh Yud Ches. So now I'm not, I'm not so sure. Here it sounds like it was a little earlier. So maybe what I said before about the printing of uh, the Ebena Ezer with the Chuvas Chacham Seifer figuring out the dates maybe wasn't um, 100% accurate. Um, but it is clear that when he added in Chacham Seifer, he did add them in at a later date and he put them in, uh, in the in parentheses. Um, now the, the censor in this version, really, um, the Russian censor really went to town. And you could see from the first edition to the second edition, a lot of changes that were made by the censor about cherims and gzeros and akum and things like that. 
Now the Pischei Tshuva Nevin Ezer has a much longer Hakdama than Yeridea, and he starts off and he goes through the whole Shalshelis Hadoyres of Kabbalah, from Moshe Rabbeinu till, till Rebbe, to Ravina Ravashi, the Rishonim, Beis Yosef, Darkei Moshe, Prisha, Drisha, Bach, Shulchan Aruch, Nezekelev, and he says, um, and he says, and, and, and all the, the Tshuvas, and that's why I'm writing my Sefer, to bring all the Tshuvas here. In Ebenezer he says, I also wrote many Chidushim here, um, like I did in Nachla Svi on Yeridea. He says, however, I did not want, I wasn't able to print them. He says, because many Tirdas that I had, and other Sibas Shebelibi Atsurim that I have in my heart, that only I know. For some reason, he didn't print his Chidushim on, on, on Eben Ezer. Now, he does write in Eben Ezer that his Pischei Tshuva is much longer than Yaradeya. And he says one of the reasons is because we find Bechlal, the Tshuvas on Eben Ezer are much longer. And therefore, Tshuvas Svarim are much longer. And he felt the need that you can't just paskin from little tidbits. And he wanted to bring much more of each Tshuva to explain each case. And therefore, the Pischei Tshuva Eben Ezer is much longer, he quotes much more, and it's much more lengthy than, um, than, um, than in Yaradeya. His third Sefer we mentioned before was, there's a, something called Seder Gitin Chalitza from Erein Rav Michal from Krakow. And this is what it says on the title page, which an, with an expansive explanation, to be mevar all his words, where their source are, in Shulchan Aruch in Nachreinim. So it was sort of bringing the sources of this Seder of Gitin and Chalitza from this Reb Michal of Krakow. And the last Sefer was the Pischei Tshuvan Chayshemishvat. He was in Zeichet to actually print it, and that's why there's no Hakdama and no Haskamas. Um, however, the Chidushim of Nachla Svi are printed in Chayshemishvat. The only difference is that in Yeridea, they were printed at the, on the page of Shulchan Aruch. And the way Yeridea was printed, just to, to understand it, um, it was printed Shulchan Aruch Ramah, the Ber Hagayla, the Ber Hetiv, and Pischei Tshuva. That's how the one on Yeridea was printed. There was no, it, it wasn't with the Taz, the Taz and the Shach and all, all those Farim. It was just Shulchan Aruch Ramah, Ber Hetiv, Ber Hagayla, and Pischei Tshuva. Um, so, so in Yeridea, he put the Nachla Svi on the side of the page. However, in Chayshem Mishpat, when they printed it, they printed it at the end of the volume of Chayshem Mishpat, the Chidushim were printed, so a little differently. So this is the Pischei Tshuva, whose yard site was on Gimel as we said. Um, and um, without the Pischei Tshuva, it's almost impossible to paskin, because like he says, all these Tshuvas for him, he's considered from the Paiske Machreinim, and um, without him, it would be very hard for us. He should be a Melitz for Kla Yisrael. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Kaltov.